0: The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes, episode 30 of the Adam Shine Podcast, and we are all sorts of fired up to be with you. Derek Brooks, one of our all-time favorite players to watch in the National Football League, the Hall of Famer, the legendary member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is our featured guest today on the Adam Shine Podcast, and this is the perfect week to have him on. Obviously, he played for John Gruden, the boxer, Playing sensational defense, amazing football. They just were amazing against Aaron Rodgers. You got the Raiders, Scruton's Raiders, and the Bucks this week. I mean, it's always a good time to talk to Derek Brooks, but this is the perfect time. So, our featured guest is Derek Brooks. You don't want to miss it. We have weekly picks with our guy, Bob Stew. We got tales of woe, and trust me, some stories you don't want to miss in terms of fantasy football from this past week. And we are taping at one thirty Eastern on Tuesday. And a couple of hours ago, literally, we had some major breaking news in the National Football League. Tua Tagovailoa has been named the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. This according to our good friend, the great Adam Schefter, who broke the story for ESPN. And I love this, and I want to give you the reasons why. First of all, if you draft Tua, And he checks out medically. You play him. I have been of the opinion that Tua should have started week number one. Joe Burrow started. Justin Herbert, he ended up playing based upon circumstance week number two. Herbert has been fantastic. Burrow has been really good and has really shown that he possesses it, even with all those issues, for the offensive line, for the Cincinnati Bengals. To me, there were three superstar quarterbacks in this class, and Tua was absolutely part of it. Now, I did argue that the Miami Dolphins could have, should have selected Justin Herbert. You know, I thought that he was going to come in and dazzle and dominate right away, just like he is for the Los Angeles Chargers. But I was of the opinion that Miami was doing it all right, tanking for Tua and shredding the roster, stockpiling draft picks. And for me, it was always about, in terms of the time frame, Tua not Ryan Fitzpatrick, not wins and losses. When Tua was healthy, when Tua was ready, Tua plays. And I would have played him week one, but I made the point, don't judge it based upon if Fitz is playing well, if the Dolphins are winning games. And by the way, Fitz has been playing well. The Dolphins are winning games. Dolphins are 3-3. Three and three. They got to buy this week. You could make the case they're in the thick of things for the wild card and – I still favor Buffalo majorly in the division, but I I ranked it Buffalo, Miami, New England preseason in the AFC East, and that's what we're seeing right now in the division. But it's not about making a playoff push. It's about trying to develop a quarterback and a culture and an identity and what's going to help the 2021 Miami Dolphins. Two is ready, he plays. And by the way, Just like Burrow and just like Herbert, you're not punting on the season. You expect Tua to step in and play well. You know, there are a lot of reports Joe Shad, our friend, had it this summer that Tua was practicing incredibly well. Listen, it's all about Tua, and he looks the part in practice, he plays. He checks all the boxes medically, he plays. Look, Dolphins fans can always hold their breath, whether it's in 2020, 2021, or in five years when it comes to Tua after multiple surgeries and the hip and the ankles. And it's going to make you nervous. Injury is a part of the equation. But make no mistake, he is a dynamite, breathtaking, unique, amazing talent. They've got a buy, and this will get them ready for the Rams. Now, it's going to be difficult, obviously. You've got to face Aaron Donald. You know, and he's the best defensive player that the sport has seen in in a long time, and they can name the Defensive Player of the Year award after him, but it's not about the competition, not about the opposition, not about the wins and losses, not about Ryan Fitzpatrick. No one was expecting the breaking news when Shefty broke the story, so it kind of hit you between the eyes when we had spent time in the morning on Shine On Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio talking about whether or not the Dolphins could, would make a playoff push. By the way, the answer to that question with Ryan Fitzpatrick was no. <laughs> I mean, they, they could win eight or nine games, not impossible. But no, I did not think this team was making the playoffs. You saw that awesome scene over the weekend when Tua got in in garbage time and Fitz was was cheering him on and Fitz is going to be the ultimate mentor and has been you know, he's a Harvard guy. He's been around the block. He wants to pay it forward in terms of being a mentor. I think this is all sorts of awesome. I'm a huge supporter of Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Played for Nick Saban. He's ready to go. I think this is awesome. It's Tua time. Just check my watch. It's Tua time. And I am absolutely fired up. Finally, after years of going through has-been and never will be in, you know, a clown show at quarterback post Dan Marino, I firmly believe this is the start of something big finally at the quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins. The legendary Derek Brooks joins us on the Adam Schein podcast next. Us right now on the Adam Shine podcast, one of my all time favorite NFL players to watch. And I absolutely positively needed him on the podcast this week with the way the Buccaneers are playing on the defensive side of the ball. NFL Hall of Famer, my guy, the great Derek Brooks. Derek, how are
2: you? I am doing fine, doing fine, Mr. Shine, on everything. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and the guys I it is a loyal listener and big fan of the show
0: ah I, we always appreciate that Derek, and always appreciate you listening to shine on sports and always appreciate you being so supportive of everything that we do and joining us on on the podcast and listen we had to have you on for a variety of reasons starting with this buck ball is back this tampa bay buccaneer defense is just sensational I love this front seven. I love what Todd Bowles is doing. Love what they did against Aaron Rodgers this past weekend. What stands out when you watch the Tampa Bay defense?
2: Well, Adam, I I go back to really probably the month of uh, November last year when they started to hit their stride, you know, down the stretch. Uh, A lot of the young players that were drafted, and bought in uh, to play, really started to understand the system. The coaches started to understand what these young players can do best. And they built on that momentum really this offseason by keeping a lot of the veteran guys up front. They re-signed them. So when you got that continuity of young guys developing, veteran leaders around that are still here, now you have an opportunity – uh, to build together. And that was very similar to, as you say, the years when I played when a lot of us young guys were the foundation uh, being built around and the young talent that was developing. And we sprinkled in some, some veteran players that were able to buy into uh, Coach Dungy's, uh system and keeping the coaches together. You know, I think that was huge too. So now Coach Bowles and his staff, now they got their fundamental defense built in and understand what these players that they have do best. And I think a combination of that is what uh, the NFL is seeing this year. And when you have that continuity, especially what uh, this league and our nation has had to deal with in terms of COVID, that mm-hmm. being familiar with each other and not a lot of changes, really uh, starting to have some advantages uh, when it comes to the Bucks, with everything being together and very few changes.
0: Love that. Going back to last year, the continuity and look, final six weeks of the season, Buccaneers had the second best defense in the league. And that was noteworthy. And, you know, Jameis was throwing it to the wrong team, putting the defense behind the eight ball. and They were still able to deliver in terms of execution and statistically, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Derek, how about Levante David? I, I've argued forever. This guy is a star. Yes. I feel like he's getting his due now that Tom Brady's making sure all eyes are on the Buccaneers. What makes <laughs> Levante David so damn good?
2: Yes, uh, you know he is definitely benefiting from TB12's present here, <laughs> presence here and bringing attention uh, to the Bucs. This, this young man has been one of the best linebackers for the last four or five years uh playing on some teams that did not have a lot of wins but when you put on the tape opposing offenses knew who he was and what he was doing and now uh he's been able to help develop another young linebacker in Devin White whose players started to pick up too you now see his leadership change and it's very similar as I told Devin White very similar to me when I had Hardy Nickerson here yeah. in the same room as I did as a veteran but the best linebackers veteran teaching learning and now Levante is doing that for Devin White but Adam I could not agree with you more I would definitely love to be Levante's lawyer and make a case for him <laughs> to all the NFL, <laughs> that this young man could, or he could arguably been in defensive player of the year arguments. If the Bucks had a few more wins the last four or five years, he's been playing that good. He's been that consistent, and no one is deserving of that attention uh, no more than than he right now, especially with the way the defense is playing.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, every year I vote him first team all pro and you're right. He should be in the conversation every single year for defensive player of the year in terms of esteem, confidence, wins and losses. And look, I think that the Bucks have been carried by the defense reason. I think the Bucs are, you know, the team most likely to represent the the NFC in the Super Bowl is because of the defense. But Tom Brady is special. He's the greatest of all time his presence, how he maximizes the offense, the weapons. I mean, it's it's on display week in, week out. Uh, describe for us, Derek, what, what Tom Brady brings to the table in both tangibles and intangibles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: I think he brings a, a, calming, a calming presence there on that side of, of the football uh, in terms of the leadership when – obviously the the quarterback position was led, you know, by Jameis, who was was young. He was thrown, obviously, the number one pick. He was expected to play and play early. And now with leadership responsibilities from the offensive side thrown onto him, you know, he did the best he could to handle some of that. I just think Jameis has some natural leadership abilities that, you know, I believe he will rebound and still be a, Very, very good and special player in this league. Mm -hmm. I just think now that the makeup of the team, especially with the personality of this head coach and his coaching staff, Tom fits right in. And you've really seen some of that in the way that they've managed, you know, quote unquote, (laughs) the media and distractions. You know, they've been on the same page and they've not allowed anything to be a distraction to them, uh, whether it's you know, Bruce Arian's comments about Tom and his play to even last, you know, last game against two weeks against Chicago, they've done a good job of of managing the mess. And that's what veteran leadership, especially being led by Tom, brings to the table. That no nonsense, get better every down, the seriousness, the move on to the next opponent. I mean, all those things that these young players on offense need to see. And they see it on a daily basis. So therefore, uh, I feel very good just as you about the potential of this team to continue to get better. Uh it's no it mean prime example. The penalties have been hurting this football team, particularly on the offense. Emphasis talked about, criticized. Last game they do something that I've never done never seen them. in my playing yeah. career was play a game with no penalties. And they did that. So that showed them the potential when they put their minds and things are emphasized, the capability. Now, would they ever play another game without any penalties? I don't know. But the fact that they were able to do it is something tangible in terms of working towards a goal that they achieved that they can build on.
0: And there's never an excuse where I need to have a conversation with Derek Brooks. I mean, I could talk to you, Derek, any day of the week about anything, but – with the Bucks defense playing greats and the Buccaneers rocking and rolling and a Sunday night football showdown with your old coach, John Gruden. <laughs> I mean, how about this? You got Gruden with the Raiders, back with the Raiders, going up against the Buccaneers. I mean, there's got to be a flood of memories and emotions and all sorts of things going through your mind with the Raiders and the Bucs, the Super Bowl, Firing Coach Dungey, bringing in Coach Gruden. I mean, this is right up Derek Brooks' alley here.
2: Uh, oh, yes, it is. And, and again, I know uh, my former head coach, I know him pretty well. And trust me, he's that elephant that don't forget. So, <laughs> trust me, there's a, a lot of motivational speeches about his time and time, and how he feels uh, definitely will be used behind closed doors uh this week. Uh trust me, they're they're gonna hear about, you know, him facing former teams and what that success was with the Super Bowl win. <laughs> I know they're gonna <laughs> hear that for <but> sure. <laughs> but John would definitely be creative in how he motivates uh, his Las Vegas Raiders uh this week about his time in Tampa and it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining. I can tell you. I wish we could be a fly on the wall to hear the creativity uh, in the in how he motivates his team based on his past history. But uh, the game itself, uh, it should be a good game. Both teams are are coming off big wins. Uh, they both you know unseated, a undefeated a undefeated team. Uh, being the Raiders beat KC and the Bucks beat Green Bay. So I, I think it's going to be a really, really good matchup. To, you know, obviously the first time uh, the, the Bucs are going to Vegas, so they're going to have to fight all those distractions uh, in terms of what that represent. And mm-hmm. uh, the Raiders have played really uh, good football in terms of how they've changed their team uh, in running the football. So they're going to challenge the strength of the Buccaneers' defense in terms of stopping the Bucs, stopping the run and the Raiders being able to run uh, the football. So, uh, I get a chance, man, to sit back uh, Sunday night uh, and enjoy the game as a fan. But uh, but trust me, uh, from an insider's point of view, I think the most entertaining part to me is I wish I could hear some of Coach Gruden's motivational speeches this week. Oh, my
0: goodness. He's going to be talking about getting fired by Tampa. You, you know he's going to be all <laughs> over that, no question. What was it like for you playing for, for John Gruden? Do you – Is there a favorite Gruden story or memory? I mean, that shift obviously was radical going from Coach Dungy to Coach Gruden, but, you know, it clearly paid off for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Yes, I could honestly uh, say this. Coach Gruden, uh, man, I enjoy everything about playing for him. And, you know, he was uh, that head coach that came in and, and really challenged me uh, to be, you know, not just a really good football player, but don't be afraid of being great. Uh, He challenged our defense in a way that uh, Monty Kiffin couldn't. I mean, it was, hey, I respect what you guys have done defensively, but at the end of the day, you're not world champs.
0: And he just Hmm. didn't
2: talk to us about that. He ran offensive plays where other teams hurt us. He ran them against us in practice to prove that point. So he was able to challenge me professionally, and I'll never forget just sitting in his office and just pretty bluntly, no, excuse me, it was actually in front of uh, our team, one of the first team meetings. You know, he told me for all the great things I've done and all the stats I've put up, He said, Derek Brooks, you never won Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, wow. So who are you? Wow. (laughs) He he challenged Warren South. he, He would find something about all of us and just put that little needle in and just poke you with it. But it brought out, honestly, it brought out the competitiveness of us, and he knew that it would motivate us and we would respond. Uh, I'm quite sure you, you've heard the story that he challenged our defense to score nine touchdowns. Yeah, and if we do that, we'll be world champs. Well, Dwight Smith's last touchdown, of Super Bowl 37, was our, was our ninth defensive touchdown of 2002. Now, most people think, you know, I don't know where he got that omen from. I don't know did God give it to him, or it was a great guess. <laughs> but he definitely told he definitely told us that back in March of that year he told us that and we were able to do it and we were world champs so uh again a a lot of stories but i like the fact that when coach got here he respected the work that coach Dungey had
0: done yes yes but at the
2: same time he challenged us to take what we've done and be great and be world champions and that's what we were able to do
0: that story about the nine touchdowns gave me the chills. Derek, final question for you. Hit this home for us because it's possible for the first time in NFL history there could be a quote-unquote home Super Bowl with the Bucks playing in Tampa. What would that be like for the fan base and for the organization for that to happen this season? Man,
2: you, you, you talk about this. Let me bring it home. I am the co-chairman. Of Super Bowl Fifty Five, here in Tampa Bay. Oh wow! And, and my my whole Buccaneers have a serious shot at making history. You talk about some personal for me and, and glorious and satisfaction, man! It would be so special that words can describe if all the stars align in that alignment. <laughs> but it will be tremendous for our area. Uh, we already have one world champion that is here yep. now with the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. We got the Tampa Bay Rays kicking off the World Series uh, here tonight. And if they go and win the MLB championship, you talk about pressure on the Buccaneers. <laughs> but they got the type of team that could do that. And, man, if we are able to have three, world champions out of the four major sports wow that would be humbling for us here in the bay area it will be so much special that words can't describe it
0: are oh, you giving me the chills with that tampa florida Town, usa it's it's a a thing of absolute beauty Derek, we appreciate the time that that gruden story i mean that that was unbelievable we always appreciate it my friend thanks for always listening and for the nice words and we'll talk to you again real soon
2: uh, my pledge, Adam. Thank you. Take care, guys. Hall of Famer, the great Derek Brooks.
0: Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling
1: Talk on Busted Open. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. Then the Aukenbarak Show keeps you updated on all things boxing. Let's not say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody with fighting guys on the way up. And Jimmy Smith has you covered for mixed martial arts. Do You want to look behind the curtain and see what these guys have to deal with for the amount of money they're making. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius
0: XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Adam Schein, fantasy Fantasy football Football legend. Legend. All right, from the department of you can't make it up. I am in a daily fantasy league with 19 friends in town, and I thought for sure this was my week. You know, I'm always confident in the lineup, some weeks more than others, and and we've been very consistent in terms of, you know, a, a top seven finish we're seventh overall in points we're usually around seventh every week you know some weeks higher some weeks lower but we're seventh overall in in points maybe even higher after this past week but i was convinced i had the lineup and i'm doing the math and i had three guys going on a monday and i'm thinking all right you know what this is the week we're gonna win you know i had Derek henry started him at 43.4 points started mike davis 12.5 Started Kenny Galladay, 17.5. TJ Hawkinson thought to get a little more, but 9.7. AJ Brown, 22.6. The Dolphins defense, 15. Three guys going on Monday night football. And I didn't think I was going to win, but I thought it was a lock to finish in the money. One, two, three gets gets a couple of bucks. So I started, Bob Stew, our guy, Gabriel Davis, and he was listed at You know, 3,500, I was going, 3,400, going ridiculously cheap, knowing we interview Josh Allen and Sean McDermott all the time, how much they love him. You know, you can throw on the nickel corner for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm like, all right, Gabe Davis is going to get me five, eight points, and he's going to be able to be a solid, solid pickup. Or he gets 1.7 and... (laughs) We're up against it on Monday night. But have no fear, right? And, Bob, you know this. You know, you've been with me producing the show forever. We have a running theme, running joke of Andy Dalton at night. And you might as well put a V-chip warning on any Andy Dalton performance at night because it is going to give your kids nightmares and you'll want to let them know about it. I mean, it's it's a mess. He is now 6-15 and 15 at night. Losing seven of his last eight, one touchdown per game, completing fifty-eight percent of his passes. So I wanted to go with something different. And Bob, you've been saying this on every single week of the Adam Shine podcast. I was going, I was performing well, but going a little too mainstream stream on my quarterback stack. So I decided to stack Andy Dalton. Oh no. Andy Dalton and C D Lamb. Now, all Andy Dalton had to do was throw that touchdown to CeeDee Lamb at the end, and I would have finished in second place. Instead, he doesn't throw it to Lamb. Dalton gets me 13.04. Lamb, 13.4. I really thought, and I wasn't shooting for the moon here, I thought I was a lock to get 20 from each. If I got the 20, that's all I needed. Twenty, the strategy, I have zero regrets. Andy Dalton throws up on himself, and I end up falling out of the money. Heck, if he would have thrown a touchdown, that remember Michael Gallup dropped that pass? If Gallup catches that ball, I end up finishing in, in second place. Instead, I'm out of the money. My, my buddy Dave... He ends up finishing third because of I didn't even think he was going to be in the mix for this because he got twenty two point six from Christian Kirk. He, uh, I mean, that is that pick. is unbelievable. And my good friend Brian ended up winning at one sixty eight point seven eight. I mean, just insane that I couldn't I couldn't get it done. I knew. When I put the lineup in, Andy Dalton was going to be good for the, for the podcast, right? You know, who do I root for? I root for the show. I root for the <laughs> podcast. We've made a career talking about it. you can't bank on Andy Dalton at night. But I don't think I regret the strategy with all that said. But, I, you know, it's funny, right? You know, great life, great kids, great wife, great jobs. A, a life is great. You know, you lose a fantasy game like that. I just find myself miserable and tossing and turning. By the way, in the Shine Family League, I'm now 2 and 4, 2 and 4. Lost <laughs> to my buddy Stone. I lost by 10. We have three guys going on Monday night. We had Stefan Diggs and eh? DeAndre Hopkins didn't yeah. do a damn thing and Chase Edmonds. I mean, wow. Bob, that you can't make this up if you tried. You broke every single rule you've ever written,
1: though. I mean, it was Andy Dalton in primetime. The story wrote itself. You knew how it was going to end. I mean, come on. They're not even unwritten rules. I mean, you literally created the checklist. You
0: created these rules. We wrote them down. We wrote down the rules. I created the rules. I built my house on the rules. Our guy Brian Coyle on television, he keeps the running list for, we've got this graphic that we put up on Time to Shine on TV of Dalton at night and we superimpose like, you know, one of those fur coats and like, you know, funky teeth on, on Andy Dalton. I mean, sunglasses at night and Andy Dalton, uh, how did I do it,
1: Bob Stu? You just, you never bet on Andy Dalton in primetime. That is a lesson we have taught the kids and the youth of America for the past decade, Adam. I, I still can't believe that you decided Andy Dalton was the answer. I hope you have
0: some better answers this
1: week, though. How how do you feel this week going into this one?
0: Okay, now I'll tell you how I feel. I'm glad you asked me how I feel, Bob, Stu. Because I've been I've been looking at some of these these fantasy DraftKings numbers for, for the week. Ready? Yeah. I feel as if, this is the week to start Justin Herbert. And you yes. know I love Herbert, right? You have, I'll tell you where my mindset is. Justin Herbert's at 6,400. Yep. Playing Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to hesitate. I want to start him, stack him with Hunter Henry at the tight end position. Love it. Okay. The only other choice to me is Josh Allen, who's coming really? off of a... Yeah, I'm not going to do it, though. I'm not going to do it. I'll tell you why. Josh Allen, who is going to light up the Jets. Two miserable yeah. games. He's going to light up the Jets, but he's priced at 7700 right. The reason I want to roll with Herbert is because of these two matchups. Alvin Kamara against Carolina. I mean, he's, he's going to torch Carolina. And Aaron Jones against Houston. And that means 7,900, 7,200, respectively. I don't even think you mess around and you get those guys in your lineup. The only other one that I think that you'll look at and say, huh, is Kareem Hunt going up against (laughs) Cincinnati? But I think you go big this week at the running back position.
1: Yeah, I agree with Aaron Jones 100%. I mean, 7200 he's definitely priced appropriately. He's going to run all over the Texans' defense. It's funny, I have Herbert as my second quarterback. I was looking at Herbert as well. Jacksonville's a complete disaster. They can't stop anybody. The quarterback I'm looking at is Matthew Stafford. He's only 6,500 this week. Like you said, Josh Allen's a little, he's priced just a little too highly. The Jets also, they like to slop up the game. They slow the game down a little bit. I would much rather have Stafford for cheaper. The Falcons' pass defense is a disaster. Kirk Cousins, he threw for 343 yards, three touchdowns in that loss to Atlanta. Look, there's a reason the over-under for that game is 56-and-a-half. The game has the over written all over it. I mean, Justin Jefferson had 166 yards, two touchdowns. I love Kenny Galladay with the stack with Stafford.
0: $6,700. That's a good
1: one. Yeah, yeah. He should have a monster day. I love stacking him with Stafford. And I agree with you, especially with Aaron Jones against the Texans, because then I can also put in Todd Gurley. He's only priced at $6,000. That's underpriced. I love that Falcons-Lions game. I think it's going to hit the over all day long. Look, Gurley had a bad game last week. The Falcons gave him the ball 23 times. They still trust him. He's going to get the football. The Lions can't stop anybody on the ground. Nobody can play any defense. And, I mean, you mentioned Herbert. That's why I love Keenan Allen versus the Jags. He's only 6,200. I think for Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen, that's pretty cheap. The Jags give up 270 yards a game through the air they also give up 30 points a game i think that's key you want touchdowns herbert loves allen who else do you like this week adam i think we've got a a pretty good lineup so far
0: it's funny you know and i i did well last week and you know it's all week to week but not going with the big money at the quarterback position you know you mentioned detroit atlanta and this is not a reaction as much as it is welcome to deandre swift's world and we're just living in it you know I argued he was a, a first-round pick on Shine On China Sports. Listen, he's going up against the Falcons. They don't play any defense. 5,400, I, I think, you know, some guys that are in that range at running back or flex at, or, or receiver, right? If I'm going to go in, in that direction, I think that he makes a ton of sense. You know what? I, I would go back to the deep end in, in the claypool, if you will. Five thousand seven hundred for Chase Claypool. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh T Higgins, five thousand three hundred against Cleveland. You know, uh by the way, Boyd right above him. You know, both those cats for the for the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I think are good plays. How about John Brown going up against the Jets? At 5,100, how about Cole Beasley going up against the Jets? And I'll give you one other. And I don't love it in PPR, which you have in DraftKings. But I could see Henry Ruggs at 4,800. You can make a couple of plays against those DBs for Tampa. I could see Ruggs being a strong play. And I could see Christian Kirk being a strong play. Mentioned him with my my good friend Dave. He had him in the lineup. 4,900 going up against that anemic Seahawks defensive backfield.
1: Yeah, I could potentially see that. I mean, I think Ruggs is kind of tough to go with. I mean, they're playing Tampa Bay. Look what the Bucs just did to Rogers. He couldn't complete anything deep. That would worry me a little bit. Better you offensive
0: mentioned... line, though, when you look at the Raiders. Better offensive Absolutely. line.
1: Yeah, that that is true. That's very true. And Rog's all it's going to take is for him just to catch one pass deep. I mean, against the Chiefs, he had two catches for over 100 yards. I mean, he's unbelievable with the deep ball. You mentioned all the Buffalo Bills, and I really love where your mind's at here. Because if I'm looking for a sleeper, I like Tyler Croft at 3,100 against the Jets at tight end. Adam Shaheen, remember... Adam Shaheen, nobody remembered he still existed in the NFL. He caught two touchdowns. First, the Jets' defense last week. The Jets just can never cover a tight end for the life of them. They will not be able to cover a tight end against Buffalo. I think that could be the game Croft breaks out. I know Allen only targeted him once against the Chiefs. That does worry me. The Bills don't exactly, and they don't usually always use the tight end in the game. That could worry me, but I think they will dice the Jets over the middle of the field like every single team has this year. Uh, I think for you a remember flex? by the
0: way when I asked Sean McDermott the Croft question, yes, uh, with the sole purpose of you know and and Bill's reporters were tweeting all about it, but I'm like, damn, should I start him in daily fantasy? And I'm like, yeah, you know what, <laughs> Sean McDermott's coming on the radio show. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. ask him about that. By the way, he basically kind of gave a a real quick fifteen second answer. I looked at Bob and I'm like. I don't think we're going to be starting Croft in daily fantasy this week, <laughs> right, Bob? That's a true story. Yeah, that actually happened, and That's we did not start story. him,
1: and he didn't. <laughs> no. yeah, he didn't have a great game at all. But this is different. It's against the Jets. Tight ends feast on the Jets. You know, for flex, I, I like Antonio Gibson. He's $5,000. Oh, that's, that's
0: a good but one. But the
1: one thing about Washington is they just don't seem to know what they're doing offensively. They have a terrible yeah. offense. They have a terrible offensive team. They're they're kind of splitting the snaps at the running back position. But Dallas's defense is terrible. Look what Kenyon Drake did in the game on Monday Night Football. He ran all over them. Dallas can't stop anybody on the ground. I think Gibson, he's a sneaky play. For $5,000, I think he might he might work for you. The problem is, like I said, you just don't really know how many snaps he's going to get, how many carries he's going to get. Washington really needs to utilize him more, even in the passing game. He's a, he's a talent. He's a great player. And for defense, though, it's funny. The defense, I was kind of struggling with this one. I like the Eagles defense versus the Giants. <laughs> They're only priced at 3100 The Giants have the worst offense in the NFL. They scored 13 points against Washington. Only 13 points. They were saved by that fumble recovery touchdown. I mean, they also got saved by an interception earlier in the game as well. to capitalize all the points. The Giants can't move the ball against anybody. Eagles defense cheap. They're facing Danny Fumbles. He turns the ball over every single game. I'd go with the Philly defense, Adam.
0: You know, Bob, I love that one. For ours, we don't do the Thursday game. And I always look, and I nailed it last week with Miami. I look for that defense under $3,000. I hate what I'm about to say because I think the other team can score some points. But if you're looking for turnovers and sacks, I think I might start Washington. I mean, 2,500, you know, hope that you get eight ten points from your defense you know that defensive line for Washington against the Dallas offensive line I might roll the dice with Washington for fantasy defense this week
1: yeah I think that that could be a good bet as well I like them going up against the Giants over the weekend they just didn't sack the quarterback enough for my liking I think that's why I'm a little bit scared off by them this week But Dallas was absolutely terrible against Arizona. I mean, Andy Dalton was turning the ball over left and right. Zeke couldn't hold on to the football. I agree. I like Washington as well. That's a good cheap play this week, Adam.
0: We will get into some week number seven picks against the spread right after this.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic tries it in to make and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real
0: Madrid have stolen!
1: from the jaws of defeat episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app,
0: Pandora and Apple Podcasts. Adam Shine. Not telling you to wager on football, but here we go. Good news, bad news when it comes to the picks against the spread. Good news, we are still over 500 on the season picking every game on Shine on Sports against the spread. The bad news, I went 5 and 9. Bob Stew went 5 and 9. I only won six the week before, Bob. This is getting just, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting crazy. It's competitive. I mean, now I'm inside my own head. I mean, there are some wild games. There were some bad beats last week. I mean, Baltimore, Philly. That was the worst. I I took Houston to win outright, but how about what (laughs) happened with Houston, Tennessee? I mean, just a wild week last week against the spread. Yeah, I couldn't agree
1: more. The Baltimore-Philly one was by far the worst. Philadelphia was not in the game. They had no right to be in the game. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here they come. Uh, I mean, that was a bad one. But the, I think even the Houston one it could potentially be worse. Because the fact of the matter is, the game was pretty much over. Even if he, even if Romeo goes for two, they're most likely going to end up winning that game. If they, I mean, if they get it, they win the game 100%, right? And if they don't get it... I don't
0: know, if they got it, it was over. Yeah, the game but was over. I, I would have banked the point. That's just me
1: yeah i don't know i actually kind of liked it in moment it's funny a lot of these a lot of these decisions lately i've liked like i liked the mike zimmer when he went for it at the end against yeah you Seattle. know i hated
0: that i hated that yeah
1: i mean maybe the play call kind of sucked but the fact of the matter is like if you get it the game is 100 percent over i like the move to put the ball in deshaun watson's hands and go and make a play when you have the Texans defense and you're facing a team like the titans you know they're gonna march down the field and score no matter what that's why I
0: like the move in the moment, Adam. You can debate it. You could debunk it. I disagreed with it. Listen, win the game. Win the game. <laughs> it was right kick the point. Find a way to to make a play on defense. Uh, Rich Gannon, I thought, was brilliant doing the the CBS broadcast on this, as he always is. And by the way, the reaction of the weekend was Deshaun Watson when they won the coin flip. Houston lost and Tennessee (laughs) won the coin flip. He just threw his head back in disgust. He knew he wasn't going to see the ball, and it was over. And with that said, Bob, we have some doozies coming up this week. What's your early pick, speaking of Tennessee, on Pittsburgh, Tennessee, with Pittsburgh favored by two points? Wow, you got it! It's up to two now. When I checked, it was one and a half. So yeah, I, like I'm, on, I'm on Veasan as we speak right now. So <laughs> it is William Hill, our good friends over at William Hill, have it at two at two o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Eastern on Tuesday. That's
1: why I love Veasan. The lines are always moving. An hour ago, it was one and a half. I like that it's up to two. I mean, it's strength for strength here. I mean, the Steelers pass rush versus the Titans incredible offensive line. You kind of stole my thunder earlier today on Shine on Sports on the show. I mean, I think Taylor Lewan's injury is devastating for Tennessee. I mean, you're losing a Pro Bowl tackle the week before you're playing the best pass rush in the NFL. That's a big issue for the Titans. I am fascinated to see Derrick Henry face the best rush defense in the NFL on the Steelers. The Steelers only allow 66 yards a game on the ground. They get to face the king of the angry runs, Derrick Henry. I can't wait for this game. I just think the matchups favor Pittsburgh. I think the offense has been great. Pittsburgh's offense is just, they cruise every single game. They do just enough to win. I'm going to roll with the Steelers here, Adam. Who do you like in this game?
0: I think I'm still going to roll with Tennessee. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just going to, and I'll tell you why from this perspective. There are two gigantic injuries for each team. One for each game, yeah. two total in the game. This Devin Bush injury is gigantic. This Devin Bush done for the season injury for Pittsburgh, he never gets enough credit for being the heartbeats and the signal caller and the energizer bunny for this defense. Obviously, rightly so. It's Cam Hayward, it's Minka Fitzpatrick, it's TJ Watt, Bud Dupree. I, I just think the world of Devin Bush. And Bob, here's the other thing. Derrick Henry is phenomenal. You know, you might have right now, right now, you could make the case. Tennessee has a top two candidate for Offensive Player of the Year in Derrick Henry, MVP in Ryan Tannehill, seriously, Coach of the Year in Mike Vrabel, and Assistant Coach of the Year, that's an actual award, we vote for it, in Arthur Smith. I mean, Tennessee's got it going on. Vrabel, that culture is amazing. I think this is going to be the game of the week in the NFL. And I, I think that right now, right now, with it now at, at two, I think Tennessee is going to be able to take care of business. Even, you know, with Pittsburgh favored, you know, you know Vrabel. He's going to find <laughs> a way to dangle that in terms of a carrot for motivation. You know, a couple of other lines that interest me, right? How about San Francisco, New England? With New England favored by two and a half. I saw it at three earlier. It's two and a half right now. By the way, the coaching matchup is sensational. Belichick, Shanahan, the Jimmy G, remember me game. I still can't believe San Fran won. I still can't believe New England lost. I think the Patriots are a mess. I don't think Mm. they have a ton of talent. I know that San Fran has to go coast to coast. I'm going to take the Niners over New England. Yeah,
1: this was a Kyle Shanahan revenge game, right, against Bill Belichick. What happened in the Super Bowl with the Falcons? You know Kyle's extra motivated to beat Bill Belichick in this game. I don't know why the Patriots are favored, Adam. I I don't understand. Why are the Patriots favored by two and a half? To me, home field advantage just doesn't matter as much in the NFL without the fans anymore. New England just doesn't have the raucous 80,000-plus fans going insane all game. Look, it's also kind of a Jimmy Garoppolo revenge game too, right? I mean, Jimmy's going up against the team that traded him. You've got revenge all over the place. You mentioned that the Patriots are a mess. Adam, the offensive line is not any good. The receivers, we talked about this before the season. The receivers are not any good. Julian Edelman has really struggled in the passing game. That shocks me. But also the defense, they had so many opt-outs before the season started. You just kind of felt like the, the talent is just not there for the Patriots anymore. And it shows. I mean, they're two and three on the season. They lost to Denver and Drew Locke. Drew Locke hadn't played a game in a month. And he went into Gillette and he won the football game. The Patriots, I don't see any way that they can slow down San Francisco. I thought it was the shock of the week what San Francisco did to the Rams. But Kyle's an unbelievable head coach. He's going to have a great game plan. You saw Debo Samuel use more in the offense for San Francisco. He's getting healthier. That is massive for the Niners. I think the Mostert injury hurts San Francisco big time. His ankle injury, he's been so great in that offense. They do have Jarek McKinnon. They have a couple other backup running backs I like. I agree with you. I think San Francisco is going to take care of business on the road in New England. Another revenge game I'm looking at on the schedule. How about the John Gruden revenge game? No, he's not getting revenge on the Bucks says his Raiders host Tampa. He's getting revenge on Tom Brady for the tuck rule game all those years ago. Gruden is still so mad decades later over the game. The Bucks are currently three-point favorites taking on the Raiders on the road. Who do you like in this one, Adam?
0: I could see the Raiders at bare-bones minimum covering the spread. I I think, and I want to see the injury report for that offensive line, but I'll tell you some initial circles that I have, okay? And you tell me where you stand on these games. I circled the Raiders against Tampa Bay. I circled the Rams favored by five and a half. To smash Nikki Falls, clueless <laughs> Matt Nagy, and the fraudulent 5 and one Chicago Bears. I can't wait for them to come crashing back down to earth. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. Let's see if I have the guts to do this on radio. I think the Giants are going to cover against Philadelphia.
2: Wow. No.
0: I never picked the Giants. You know that. I, I, I was the last time I picked the Giants? I I, I can't. I can't remember. I, I I never picked it. Actually, did never. I pick the Giants last week? No, I picked Washington. I never yeah. picked the Giants. <laughs> I was right. You were wrong. I never picked the uh, Giants. Yeah. I, it's three and a half, four feels like a big number. Giants, Philadelphia. Yeah,
1: I actually love the Eagles in that game. I mean, like normally you see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like we've had uh, entire divisions look bad early off in certain seasons. Usually things kind of level out. One of those teams wins like eight or nine games, right? I don't see how any team in the NFC East gets better. I mean, these teams are all terrible. Like, luckily, they play each other. They'll win some games by accident, of course. It's just just math. They have to win these games. You could see a six-win team make the playoffs in the NFC East. I just think the Giants are horrible, Adam, on all sides of the football. I mean, they're terrible. I did pick them to beat Washington. They didn't cover, so that doesn't help me that much. But I did pick them to win. The problem is, like, at least Philly has Carson Wentz. The Eagles did give Baltimore a scare in that game. The line opened at 6.5 in favor of Philly. I have no idea why it's down to 3.5 points. I don't know how anybody could take the Giants. The offense stinks. The defense stinks. I think the Ra- I think the Eagles are going to win the game by at least a touchdown.
0: I got to tell up- you, Bob, I got to ask someone who thinks the Giants are dreadful and Dave Gettleman's the worst. You're kind of changing my mind. you're you're changing my mind you know and i I hate to agree with you because you always fail on thursday night it's been a well documented storyline of the adam shine podcast you know maybe maybe i'm looking too much into that line movement all right that's a compelling case but you know philly's a mess Mm. that line is terrible wentz who you know i think is a star he spooked philly doesn't have any linebackers you think they could have drafted patrick queen uh, you know, oh, Ragers are on injured reserve. You know, think they could have drafted someone like Justin Jefferson in the first round? I mean, that made no sense. Yeah, Philly Philly is a bit of a mess, though, Bob.
1: Yeah, they're a bit of a mess. I, but the Giants, they're not going to be able to take advantage of the Eagles' ba- banged-up offensive line. Like who scares you on the Giants? Nobody. On either nobody, side of the There's literally not one player that you say, "Oh, I got a game plan around this guy." There's just there's
0: not any player on the team. I mean, I their their defense doesn't even have any dudes. This is one of the worst Giants defenses in the history of the franchise. I mean, they've got a lot of mediocre
1: talent. Like, I like Jabril Peppers, but he's not hes not an excellent player. Like, Dexter Lawrence, that was a pretty decent pick. Leonard Williams has been the Giants' best player on defense. Like, I know how that sounds. Like, he's actually played really well this year. He has a few sacks through the first few games. I mean, the problem is with the Giants, it just... They're just bad all over the field. They're bad on special teams. They're bad on offense. They're bad on defense. At least I can hang my hat on the fact that Carson Wentz has turned some other receivers like Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham into legitimate weapons. I know Ertz is hurt. I think that's a big deal. Sanders is hurt. I know that's a big deal. But Carson Wentz will find a way to at least win that game. That's why I like the Eagles in that one. I don't like the Rams at all, by the way. I don't like the Rams' number. Five and a half is too much. It's Chicago a always... a big number. Yeah. Chicago always is in the game with that defense. It's like the Bears should Did lose a game by three. Did that one points. opened at 7? I was stunned yeah. by that. Opened at 7. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it opened at 7. The Rams lost to San Francisco. That's definitely where the line that's where the line came down for sure. But yeah, I mean, the Bears defense has played great. I bet they'll be in the game. They'll probably lose by 3 points. I I like that. I like the Bears in that one specifically. And when it comes down to Tampa and the Raiders, I like the Bucks to win that game by 7 to 10 points. I think the line is too low to roll with Vegas. I know what they did to the Chiefs. I get that they're off the bye. The Bucks defense is elite. It's going to give them fits. I like Tampa to win the game by 7 to 10 points, Adam.
0: We will put a nice, big, fat, happy red bow on this outstanding edition of the Adam Shine Podcast right after this. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Derek Brooks, absolutely sensational. Love Derek Brooks. Bob Stew, sensational. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM On Demand, our listeners on Pandora. Thank you to our listeners with Apple and with Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button. Leave a review because you love the Adam Shine Podcast, and we love you. Of course, you can catch me every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show, Shine on Sports which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, channel 82. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. This is the Adam
1: Shine Podcast. Touchdown! For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine On Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, channel 82.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me